0: everybody, and thank you once again for joining us on the Westwood Living Podcast. We are sitting aside Route 109, right outside the Westwood Public Library. And yes, the natural question who is we? Well, of course, I'm Tom Lydon. I'm joined by Asanka Mooring. And how are you this morning?
1: I'm doing well, Tom. How are you?
0: I'm great. This is encouraging to me. Yes, we might have the occasional Tresca truck cruise by and provide a bit of a soundtrack for us, but that's life in Westwood, isn't it? That's right. <laughs> So I really enjoyed focusing on your family and telling your story uh, in the December issue of Westwood Living. I think one of the more powerful stories we've been able to share because of your dedication to neurodiversity, awareness, inclusion, special education, issues that really hit a lot of people in our hometown. And it started when you approached me at Westwood Day. So let's take people back to that very, Fortuitous that we were put side-by-side because we had an opportunity to have our first conversation So let's go back there and just how you initiated the conversation with me about what you do
1: I was at the CPAC booth with Stephanie Feingold and you guys were right next door to us And I think we just struck up a conversation about I think you had asked what CPAC was and what we do And um, we had given you a little introduction into the Special Education Parent Council And I think I had said that I had started a project with Westwood Recreation, trying to have some um, recreation activities that were integrated in our town because I was a little bit tired of having to drive to Lexington and Newton and um, places like that for getting my children, you know, extracurricular activities that they could actually participate in and not get kicked out of.
0: Well, it was a magnetic draw because obviously it's a great topic to talk about. And I totally appreciated the fact that, at first and most people are like this like listen this is not about me this is a team effort so let's just start there about how this really is a team effort and the group that you work with to really push your agenda forward
1: yes totally so um, the first group that we work with is Westwood recreation so Richard Adams his staff Uh, Sue and Carrie and Joe, they all help out in the topic, and they're all very passionate about this topic. The first order of business was to try to find a group of experts that could review our programming and help us change any recreation activity that we wanted to do to make it more suitable to include neurodiverse kids to make sure that they felt secure in the programming that they got the support they needed and was just able to have fun and that's not something that Westwood Recreation had experience with before so I had some experience in this because my children went through you know several programming options as neurodiverse kids and so I just basically reached out to My BCBA, who's uh, Jessica Drohan, she has known my son since he was diagnosed. Um, And then from there, she suggested that we include a speech and language pathologist and occupational therapist. And um, I also reached out to my son's star teacher. So he's at Sheehan Elementary School in a special program for children that have ADHD, I think, or like more... um, social behavioral challenges and so the the lead teacher there Erin banty is a great resource so i reached out to her and I told her that I wanted this. Um, I wanted to start this kind of programming. I also reached out to Principal Evans because I wanted to make sure this was a good idea.
0: I love how you call her Principal Evans, by the way. Kristen Evans is the principal at in and it's almost like Batman, like Commissioner Gordon. Every time you reference Kristen, and it's out of respect and deference, you're always like, "I'd like uh, working with Principal Evans." So <laughs> she has earned that title. Yes. But you definitely are, are true to that. Yes. And uh, your relationship with her has been very uh, key to the development of what you're trying to achieve here too.
1: Yeah, so she was the first person that I um, told the idea to, and she thought it was a great idea. And so then she was the one that told me about the Foundation for Westwood Education for funding. And so um, I started writing a proposal and I told my CPAC friends, and one of them introduced me to Sue Kagan, who was the liaison, the CPAC liaison to Sheehan at the time. And I had never met her before. We were sitting in a Zoom call and I just told her that this is what I wanted to do. And she was like, I know how to do that and I'll help you. And so in the next like three or four weeks, she spent a long time teaching me how to write grants that were not for the NIH, that were like for this kind of work and what they were looking for and things like that so that's kind of how we got started
0: there are so many layers to this onion if anybody just listened to that two or three minutes of asanka speaking you can begin to understand how daunting the challenge is just to get something done even when you are one of the most passionate people to try to influence change so like most parents who have children and all of a sudden the children are diagnosed as neurodiverse you're kind of thrown into a pool of uncertainty i would guess so when that happens to you there's a a mental jolt an emotional jolt i'm sure but i loved your husband marcus's quote about living in a family with neurodiverse children and he said simply he's like well you can be impatient but it's not going to work You know, It's not going to last long. So you just adapt and you adjust. How long did it take for you to say, this is our reality. Let's take the next steps forward.
1: I think we've sort of accepted it from the get-go because Marcus and I are also very different. You know, I, I come from an immigrant family, so I didn't grow up here or go to school here. And so I've sort of had to figure everything out that way. And Marcus was homeschooled, so he also had to figure things out. Um, for himself. So I think we've always sort of been more the figuring it out kind of mm-hmm. people as opposed to assuming things worked a certain way.
0: But education so key in your family generationally. I mean, yes. your dad, first of all, you're Sri Lankan. So yeah. your family, most notably your dad, very dedicated to education. He's a professor, right?
1: Yes. He's a teacher. He's, so he's, he's, he's been teacher. a teacher for like 48 years or something now.
0: And so he has adapted too in how he teaches to his grandchildren and how has that evolved in your family with a person who's obviously very educated and very intelligent and and not always physically present, but being able to work with the kids, you know, virtually and whatnot.
1: Yeah. So he is, his experience is teaching um, kids going into university. So like, you know, high schoolers getting ready to enter college. And so when we moved here in 1999, he went to teach at a high school in um, Federal Way, Washington, which was a completely different experience because in Sri Lanka, teachers are pretty much revered. Uh, when a teacher walks into a classroom, the students automatically are very quiet. And the teacher basically gets to tell you what to do and the students follow, especially in the higher, um, older class classes so when my dad is teaching the grandkids it's it's a very different experience for him first of all he's never taught kids that young so um i think he he does it the same way he does all of his stuff he goes and he gets the frameworks and everything else from the you know desi website and from the national science teachers association and things like that he studies it makes up lesson plans and then you know teaches them but i think that he's had to um Learn to be a little bit more patient with them. He's uh, had to uh, learn that they might not always finish all the work that he puts forth, especially with my son. He's had to teach many different ways before my son actually gets the concept.
0: Well, what I loved about entering your household when we did the feature for the December issue of Westwood Living is that you learn that there's so much diversity even within neurodiversity because there's people who literally may not be verbal. But yet what I found with your kids, most notably Lee, is that he is a question machine. I mean, this kid, you walk in the door and it was, it was actually endearing because what's that camera? Why are we taking pictures? What's the magazine? Who gets the magazine? Will I get the magazine? Can I touch the camera? Where are these pictures going to be? It's non stop, abrasion. and there's got to yes. be a, a balance. And where that morphs into is how you are working with Rich, how you are working with the recreation department to basically get kids who are neurotypical to better understand the neurodiverse community. And that seems to me to be the key to everything to yes. get the kids together because honestly, it's easier to. Teach and train the neurotypical kids. I would guess than to teach the neurodiverse kids.
1: Yeah. So our approach is a little bit different in that because we're not um, we're not providing therapy. We're not providing schooling. We're just trying to get these two kids, two types of children, to understand each other and to have fun together so um, typically a neurodiverse child is taught the ways of a neurotypical kid but very little is done to teach a neurotypical child about a neurodiverse child and so that's kind of what we wanted to change and when we set up our pilot program we realized that that getting a neurotypical child to understand a neurodiverse child was really not that challenging they seemed to take on to it just like you know, wearing a different outfit. You know, it, it seems to be very, very natural to a young kid's mind that differences exist in the world. They seem to be innately acceptable of those differences, at least in that young age. And so that was something that, I mean, we had hoped for, but it was amazing to see the kids start to understand each other, start to be able to predict each other's behaviors, and then to help each other.
0: So it starts with funding, it does. then training, it does. yes, then execution. This is a very deep project and yes. it's a project that I tip my cap to those who are involved with it. But what are the next steps? How can someone listening to this become engaged, become involved, be helpful?
1: So right now we've actually um, we've run about two programs in the last uh, year and they've all had very high enrollments. So the first thing you can do is to send your kids to the programs because it's important for the community to know that these programs are supported.
0: And how can they find out how to do that? Um,
1: they are in the Westwood Recreation Program Guide. Got it. And they, we aim to put out at least two programs a year. So right now we have the two that we run last year. And then the second thing that they can do is um, support organizations like Foundation for Westwood Education because that's where we go to find funding. Mm -hmm. So the next step of the project is that we are trying to figure out a way to um, we would like as many people in the community to get this information as possible so most of the staffing we would like to use high school students and college kids just like we talked about in the magazine and um, that has been a little bit more challenging than I expected.
0: Yes, but I think that has reward at the end, because I do believe that there are kids, most notably at the college level, who are a bit more focused, who know that this might be what they want to do. And where do they get that experience? There are not many places where a college kid can get a job that puts them in the situation, and this is one of those opportunities. So if you yes. are the parent of a child who might be pursuing education, but also special education, this really is a great chance to put your child in that situation where you get tangible experience with good leadership, good guidance, and good vision. So there's my little plug for you. Yes. A little endorsement yes, of the program. That
1: sounds perfect. Yeah, so we are actually thinking about starting a proper leadership type program because we've reached out to a couple of colleges and asked if they would be interested in this. And service learning seems to be a uh, big topic in colleges these days. And we've got some positive interest. So I think that a formal leadership program is what I'm looking at so that students of, you know, undergraduates, and high school students high school students are really what i'm after because i feel like at that age they are they are perfect to get this concept into and neurodiverse people are everywhere you know it's not just in education like engineering finance everywhere you go you're going to meet neurodiverse people so it's going to be it's good for you to have the skills to be able to understand and work with them effectively and that's essentially what you get when you come to our uh, programming, whether as a volunteer or a participant.
0: I have loved over the course of this first 13 months of doing this publication, just meeting people that I may not have otherwise met. And folks, Asanka Mooring is one of the most impressive and inspiring people that I have met in this journey over the course of the first 12 or 13 months. So I really encourage you to hop on Westwood Living, westwood-living.com and visit the December issue, read their article, if you did not, about the Mooring family because you'll learn more about Asanka and her husband, Marcus, and her kids, Lee and Lily, and of course your mom, who deserves yes, a shout my out. my mom, yes. She's the glue who helps keep the family together here in Westwood. But there are a lot of things that you can research, a lot of things you can learn about, and you should be thankful that there's a person like Asanka in our community who's pushing this agenda forward because it's going to be very helpful, not just for your kids, but for generations of kids who follow. So I hope so. I'm fist-pounding. <laughs> if we were only on video, you would see. <laughs> Thank you for the time. Thank you for the work. And, and I really appreciate getting a chance to get to know you.
1: Thank you so much for having me on again.
0: If you know somebody else who might be a great conversation, please feel free to reach out to me. I'm at tlyden at bestversionmedia.com. You, of course, can follow our journey at westwood-living.com. But for now, from the front porch of the Westwood Public Library, right along Route 109, this is Tom Leiden saying farewell, and thanks for listening to the Westwood Living Podcast. Mm-hmm.